So Nella, I have this concern that when artists starts talking to each other, they get so deep into the language of art that it becomes very obscure to someone who doesn't know that language. I'm very conscious that I want to leave breadcrumbs, you know, like Hansel and Gretel in the forest. Yeah. And that, that someone can pick up these crumbs and make their way, that I'm not going to be so in another world that, I'm, that what I'm talking about or what I do with my life is unreachable. And I'm very conscious about that. And I suppose the person I'm thinking about is someone who has had no experience. Yeah. And I think about this situation that when I was uh, in school, when I was little, I must be, we must be in about five or six, there was this girl, Karen. I remember that because she signed the name Karen. And she drew these horses' heads. And we all decided that she was the artist <laughs> in the classroom because we were just amazed. And we passed them around from person to person. And she did horses' heads far better than, than any of us. So she was set. That was it. It was decided. And I really, I canceled myself out. I said, wow, I'm never going to be like that. <laughs> and so I think about those other people in the classroom. And I think, what, what a missed opportunity. I mean, why do we think like that? Have you, have you had any experience of thinking like that yourself? Have you, or you've always felt that you were free enough to do what you want? No, really, no. I, I've always looked at others as being better than me, especially in the arts, and especially when I was young. But I had this feeling inside of me that I couldn't really explain it, and I still can't explain it, that I knew I could communicate that way too, but I didn't know how to do it. So let's say I was drawing, my drawings would always be the same, the princess with the castle, and when I see other children, they're doing the rainbow, and this is the way they're just expressing themselves. And at the time when I was young and um, say probably in the middle school, there were always kids that could draw better than me. Mm. And, and I felt, yes, that's the real artist. Why do you think we think they can draw better? What is, what is the criteria for why we decide other people can draw better? Because at the time, um, the, the imagery was so perfect, so very much like perfection. So when you're young, um, you start being very free. So like that's what Picasso said. Then as you get older, you start looking at things different. Now you want to be perfect. At the time, I didn't understand that perfection wasn't making the artist, but life was making you the artist. So... I looked at that as it's a good way to just um, describe something that you see. Because mm -hmm. I never really felt I was at that level. Yeah. But unfortunately, the people that, the, the kids that were able to do that, they never became artists, mm -hmm. professional artists. Mm -hmm. Because they never experienced the other plane after that. The, the expression that comes outside so they were able to express it by what they saw and doing perfect renderings of what they saw. Yeah. Perfect in terms of technique, isn't right. it? Right, technique, exactly. You have to 
that to be an artist, you've got to look something like Leonardo da Vinci. I mean, shading and making something come out, something that's provable skill. Right, right. And you figure that, you know, I coming from Italy, especially where you go to a church and you see all this beautiful paintings and frescoes. And uh, I mean, I, I always felt uh, that I loved using my hands. So working with clay, building with, with soil and just my hands were always into something. Were they? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely. Very young. Very young. Yes. Uh, going to my grandmother's house in this little medieval village and we, we will go to the country and I will be digging and finding things, you know, just old uh, pottery or coins. I even have a very old coin. I loved that portion. So that was just that tactile feeling. And even at the time I was creating things, but I never thought of myself as an artist. But it, life then makes, just directs you towards that source where you become, I don't really call myself an artist, I'm really a painter, but life is what, what is always inspiring me. For a lot of people listening, I think there is a, an idea that this is a world that they could never enter without skill, without technique, without diligence, without practice. What is interests us about each other are focusing on is spontaneity. Yeah. But if you think about spontaneity, where does technique come into that? Does that mean anyone could do anything? And does that therefore diminish what you're doing? If this is available for, for everybody, then it's not special. It's not rare. It doesn't involve expertise. And I was thinking about this a lot because I really want to open a door and yeah. say it's available for you. In fact, if you're starting out, don't spend a lot of money. So you're not invested. So you're not thinking this stuff isn't going to get put away in a, in a cupboard and you think, oh God, you know, I bought all this stuff. It costs a lot of money. <laughs> so now it sits there. So I think about that. I think about people who have had a curiosity, but see, feel like, like it's a club that they don't have the ticket, the golden ticket for. It's more, I'll go to a museum maybe, or maybe I won't. But there's this curiosity about the artists in society. They, they have a special position but at the same time, it's the emperor's new clothes or they're the fool. It's a yeah. very odd position. And I think people are curious. So I think about that because I'm more somebody who started from scratch, from, from nothing. Not entirely nothing, but I'll, for now, I'll just say nothing. Whereas you, I know that you have people who come to see you who've had some experience. Yes. So... I'm wondering, how do you approach someone who's had a lot of experience in the art world? Would you say that's a good thing or a bad thing? So, you know, what I usually say is that uh, if someone is asking me, should I go to art school? I'm not sure whether I should go to art school. So the first thing is, what kind of personality are you? Are you one of those persons that you will listen and you will do exactly what the instructor is telling you to do? Are you rebelling to what the instructor is telling you? Are you uh, faithful to what they say to you? Well, the artists that I have that I work with, they have their degrees from the museum school and they, they were completely 
stuck for many years because all they could remember was what the professor had told them and they could not measure themselves to the level of what they were taught. So they were afraid. So fear came into place. Now, if, you, if you're that personality, I would say, don't go to art school. There is so many other ways that you can develop your art and you can find your art. There are those people that they will go to art school, get what they can get, get the essence of what they're learning, and then just branch out on their own and be free and just forget. You forget, you forget the rules, but you have them within you and they will come out when you need them in a very organic way. So which type are you, right? So that's, that's when I see the artists that I work with, I can tell really? the personality, yes. You're saying that it more or less, people more or less fall into two. Yes, I, for sure. You know, many artists are there that they'll say, I went to our school for a year, but it wasn't for me because I could not conform to what they wanted from me. Right now, we are, we, we are so fortunate to live in this era where you can just go on YouTube and you can see any technique, you can follow whatever you want. If you want to paint in an abstract way, traditionally, you can do that. You can learn how to mix paints. And that's what I tell the artist. When I come into play is when you know how to do that, but you don't know how to express it. How do you express the essence? How do you express what's within you? How do you do that? So basically you have to go back to be a child again. And like what you say, you really don't need to have all this equipment, all the fancy brushes and just uh, what I even tell the others, go around, your, uh, go around the house and find any object that can make some mark. Those marks can tell a lot about your personality. Would an ob uh, you mean a mark on an object? Oh no, on a piece of paper, on a canvas, or on a board, or whatever. And right. use whatever. Just have the the excitement is when you start. One thing follows the other, yeah. and uh, and then your mind is opening up, and it's yeah. oh, I didn't know I could do that. It wasn't that difficult. Yeah. And you need to get hungry for what you want to do. You need to feel it inside, you know, you just need to say, this is really something I want to explore, I want to experiment with. And we have so many means, to, you know, available to us now. Yes. And I, I don't think you need that much anyway, you just need the will of, of exploring. And um, what I like to do, like you, you say, you just put those little breadcrumbs and for people, I, I call it the little seeds in someone's mind. And then just like a little seed that you see it grow, it doesn't grow right away, you know? How do you put seeds? I think, I think the number one thing for a person is to identify themselves, to see what their personality is, to really come to terms. Am I the procrastinator? Am I the person that will follow through? And it's difficult to really identify yourself you have to be honest you just look at yourself and you start taking all those layers off of you until you get to your soul and it doesn't happen overnight all right now this this word soul this came in the soul 
Why should anyone care about a soul? How could we not? Well, what is it? What is it? What is a soul to you? It's a, a moment of ecstasy is when I touch my soul. Mm -hmm. The moment when I, I'm one, you are lost, but yet you are not. You're within yourself. And it's a moment where it's almost like you've exercised for an hour straight. Your adrenaline level is so high. I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm peeling off all these layers. I got to the soul. Oh, what a workout that was. So you have to peel off the layers to get to the soul. How do you do that? By being honest. By being honest with myself. Does painting help you do that? Big time, yes. But painting sometimes, it's almost like meditating. It is meditating because you have to allow yourself not to think and allow for the magic to come out. Mm -hmm. If you have a preconceived idea, it will not happen. It just doesn't happen. So how do I empty my mind and just paint with my soul? Doesn't happen all the time. If you have a preconceived idea, so this, so somehow the, the soul is tied in with spontaneity. Yes. So, you know, my son said one time, the distance between the brain and the soul, if think about that distance. Mm -hmm. And I think about that, I said, you know, so the brain is telling you, be perfect, do it this way, do it that way. The soul is telling you, be yourself. So the intellect, the intellect. So we're going back to this idea of this concern I had about Karen and her horse's heads. Yeah. She had this technical perfection and she seemed to have a natural aptitude for it. Like architects can think spatial in a way that I don't. She seemed to get form quite quickly and encompass the form with, thought, well, I just don't have that gift. But in a way, you could say that the technique, that, that ability blocks. Right, exactly. To the soul. Why is that? Because the thinking, the analytical part of your brain is the judging part. And at every step, it's saying, oh, made a mistake. Oh, it leads to paralysis. Or it can lead to just repetition. You keep repeating this technique. Before I started painting the kind of paintings that I did, I used to work on movie sets. And I just, there was a lot of sitting around. And I started doing these drawings. And they were in, in, technically incredibly perfect. I had no idea I could even do that. Um, so I was amazed as these things unfolded and I've got them on my, my personal Facebook page. I thought I, I ought to put them up as a reminder because if you question my artistic <laughs> technical abilities, I will point you <laughs> where this suddenly emerged so much later in life, but there it was. But the thing about it was I kept doing them and doing them and doing them, but there was something in me that wanted to take off from this technical perfection. That, that seems to be uh, my nature. It's not to, to discredit or cast aspersions. It's just something about me. If I see a straight road, I will eventually go off an alleyway. Or I will go down. <laughs> I was doing extreme fighters' heads because they had such great bone structure. There was so much bone to be dealing with these guys. And I was measuring and measuring. And then I just could keep replicating and replicating. And I think the thing about spontaneity is that you 
you don't know what's exactly. coming. Yeah. I think that most people need to have permission, permission to be themselves, permission to, uh, to express. Expressing, self-expression really is the power that we can give ourselves. And it's a freedom that we have that it's at disposal. So why just, why just choose to be a certain way? Because society only understands that. Society right now is pretty sophisticated. They, they are able to understand and to look beyond. This isn't a fight about traditional art versus expressionistic, abstract art. It's not no liking one thing or the other. It's the source where one comes from. And uh, because I know a lot of artists, that they are very, very good painters. Mm. And they keep repeating themselves because they are known to be that way. And they are afraid to, what were they going to say if all of a sudden I change and I'm doing something different? Whether with me, I will probably say that I was extremely uh, fortunate at the time. I just wanted to explore everything, just like you. I just can't follow one straight line. I see a lot of other roads, so I take them all because I want to see what it feels like. I don't want to be in one place. I want to be who I am. I don't want to be anybody else. This is the way I am. So it's too bad when an artist feels fearful of what others are going to say, because it's true. You can get that technique. You can, um, and like you, you made me laugh because I did exactly the same thing. Hold on, guys. You know, I wasn't able to paint that way too at one point, but was I happy? After a while, I just wasn't happy anymore. Mm -hmm. Why was that? I just couldn't feel it anymore. I felt like it was a trick of, of light and shade and I got it. And it, from that point on, to leap into the imagination was incredibly hard for me. I just, oh, I don't want to ever forget that because I want to appreciate that it's very, very hard. And there has to be ways to approach this blank yeah it's going to be a surface and if you're starting out just get a roll of paper chop it out don't worry about whether it's a square if you want to go over the edges just tack something on just be free but that first mark i know that i want to talk more about about that about how you make that enormous jump it can be like a chasm yeah there's so much inhibition so it's interesting listening to you talking about people who can be paralyzed even yeah. when they seem to have been made choices that said they could go into this wonderful world of art and yet they can still be paralyzed i think there is there are ways that you can have of, lo of loosening up you can set up environments where if this is so completely new that you're going to protect yourself from judgment, this is going to be your personal space. And I would, you know, recommend this for anyone because if you find this ability to jump this, this enormous chasm and start creating a space for yourself where you, you are free to do whatever you want on a flat piece of surface, yeah. you will find that space that is away from television that can get 
numbing. I mean, it's mildly interesting because you've got to see the thriller. You've got to see who killed who. And, you know, you get so sucked in. You also can get so identified by your family, about your role in your family, your role at work. And if you set aside this space, you will find yourself and the freedom to not have to justify yourself to anyone, not have to fulfill any role. It's just you and that whatever is emerging on this flat surface in front of you. And what you'll find is that you're looking at a mirror. You're going to see a mirror of yourself, who you truly are, who you really are, separate from everything else. And that is important that you can do it in many other ways, but this, but for no, next to no money, a roll of paper, some cheap paints, you can even choose some kid paints. You could just get yourself going. And whether you continue on and become absolutely obsessed with it, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, it's just, it doesn't have to end that way. You could just start out with this and maybe it will lead you into solving ideas in engineering or, or in all sorts of areas or at work. But it's just that outlet that is you. And it, all it requires, doesn't even require a studio. It just requires a corner somewhere, a flat surface that is yours, that is private. And that seems a good kicking off point for someone with no background in it. Do you think, Nella, it's good to start over again if you're someone who's come through a system and I'm feeling paralyzed? Yes. In fact, some of the artists that I work with, the last group that I had, they were all professional artists, some of them quite established. And the first exercise that I gave them was scribbling, just scribble. And you will find out the people that scribble in a very timid way because they're so, they want to be perfect even in the scribble. So you can tell right there, you know, so they're they're the ones that are just moving. But then the next exercise, close your eyes while you scribble. By closing your eyes, and it doesn't matter if you go outside the borders and uh, listen to some music while you're scribbling and see what happens. Mm -hmm. So if you find while you're scribbling that you're tense and you want to be perfect, start another piece of paper and it doesn't have to be any expensive paper just printing paper would be fine but uh with some charcoal uh, uh charcoal and just or a biro or a yeah anything or whatever it is a crayon your kids crayon or exactly and yeah. just get that energy out of you see what happens yeah. so then, um, because I'm the person that is watching, so I can see the artist that tends to do circles. I can see the artist that tends to do the straight lines, vertical, horizontal lines, and who's careful. So that's kind of interesting exercise. And anyone can do that. You can be established, but you'll see that now the moment someone is asking you to scribble, you don't know how. You just... Uh, yeah. And anyone listening to this, it sounds like that that is nothing. This is an entry point. It is a loosening up. You will be surprised with the scribbling. It takes out any pressure of trying to replicate something or trying to create a masterpiece. It just allows you a connection. Well, we'll see what happens next. What happens after the scribbles? Yes. Bye. Bye.